Hi, and welcome to another episode of Healthy Distractions, a show with two Marvel fanboys who talk all things Marvel all the time, except for when we don't. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. So last week we discussed Infinity War and our thoughts and feelings, how it got us right in the feels, and our many conflicted and compelling thoughts. Anyways, the one thing we did not talk about was the main character, or the main man himself, Thanos. So Matt, to get things started, Thanos, does he actually solve Marvel's villain problem? If you could please elaborate then your one word bullshit answer. I don't know if we can say that Thanos solves Marvel's villain problem. I think we need a few more villains to see if they've got it down. That being said, the last few movies, they've had good villains. I mean, Thanos is basically the culmination of what came right before. We had Black Panther and Killmonger. We had Thor and Hela. And then we had Spider-Man and Vulture. And somewhere before that, Zemo, which wasn't too many movies in front of Spider-Man, I don't think. No. It was Ego and then Zemo, I think. Something like that. I would say four out of the five, at least, previous villains, they've all been top-notch villains. They've been some of Marvel's best. So does Thanos solve their villain problem? I think he's just a continuation of these great villains that have come in the last few movies that Marvel has put out. And he's, frankly, one of the better ones. How about you, Jeremy? Did Marvel figure out their villain problem with Thanos? I'm actually, but sincerely, I don't think Marvel really has a villain problem. Because it's only a problem if the movies fail. <laughs> that I mean, I, I'm not trying to be semantical, but I do always want to add that caveat to when people discuss the Marvel villain problem. If you're making a film like The Dark Knight, I'm just going to get ahead of myself. The Dark Knight has the best villain. That's not a competition, and you, you can debate it. You're wrong. But I think the Joker will always be, at least for the next 30, 40 years, until something else comes along or we find a way to do something different. That will be the standard bear, and nobody has come close to, to holding a flame to Heath Ledger as the Joker. So you would say that Heath Ledger's Joker is still a better villain than Thanos? Thanos? Uh, yes. No, bar none. Uh, no offense to Thanos, no offense to Josh Brolin, no offense to any other actor, but I think they would all agree he's the standard bear. The point I'm just trying to make is I th think films, instead of trying to replicate that success and trying to market their villains as like a Joker-esque type, you know, um, Mephistopheles always controlling and pulling the strings, they should just do a more direct sell. The marketing for some of the Marvel films, uh, for example, Iron Man 3, which was kind of misleading, and that's not just that movie, but that's the one that sticks out, where the villain comes off as he has the hero cornered, he has him broken and defeated, and how will the hero ever ever rise from the ashes again? And we that's not what that movie was about. That's not what the Mandarin was about. And that, go, and that could be applied to really any villain for any marketing purposes. Thanos, to me, was such an effective villain because they promised him for six years. They talked about him behind the scenes, like in interviews, and saying, like, just wait for it. It'll be worth the wait. And they sold us on the promise of Thanos. They weren't trying to sell the film on him being the equivalent of the Joker or trying to center the movie on him being the Joker. It's still very much the marketing is around the Avengers. But it's sort of like the wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, we haven't really given the Avengers or even the MCU a great villain as of recent with the exceptions you mentioned. And this will finally be the payoff you've all been waiting for. So isn't that in essence a Marvel villain problem? I mean, like you said, they haven't known how to market their villain. 
none of the villains have stuck and it really took until Thanos to get the ultimate villain in the Marvel Universe. We can sit here and say, I can sit here and say, you know, Zemo was great, Killmonger was great, Hela was great, but Thanos is that villain. It's Marvel's Joker. Fair enough. But I mean, in terms of having like the cultural impact and, and resonating with an audience that deeply, I don't think they accomplished that, but they weren't going for that. And that's where I applaud them. They, start, they stuck true to the character. And then in true Mar- MCU fashion, the reason I love this franchise so much and I appreciate what the creators have done is they've taken what's worked in the comics, gotten rid of what doesn't work for a larger audience, and adapted it properly. I'm talking about uh, specifically for Thanos, his grand master plan, where in the comics it's about courting death and he wants to get the Infinity Gauntlet to kill, I think it's either half or the entire, whatever. I think he wants to kill all the universe in the comics. Right, and that's like that's a great comic motivation. It's juvenile and fun and plays really well in the pages. For the movie, I love how they adapted that to make it more grounded, that fits within this universe. Grounded as much as you, as you can be for this fantastical realm, but I think a very compelling motivation. Not saying I agree with what it is what he's doing, but the logic behind it and the way they uh, define the character's drive, I think it fit really well and was very compelling. Well, to that point, they humanized him almost. Here's a problem. He's trying to solve the problem in the best way that he thinks is makes sense. They humanize him because we see that Gamora still loves him. He still loves Gamora. There's still a father figure there that he wishes he was. And he understands via the last you know, scene when he's in the um, Dark Link uh, lake area with baby child Gamora, he realizes that by doing this, it costs him everything that he loved. There's a pain behind him, even though he accomplished his goal. They did a good job of humanizing him, which is why it's easy to understand where he's coming from. But you're right. I, I don't think he's right in what he did. But it, it's still, it's, it's fun that there is that conflict out there amongst the audience that was he right? Was he wrong? And that just goes to the Rousseau, Rousseau brothers and their filmmaking that they did a good job making him someone that you can second guess. Be like, is he really a bad guy? Right. When they talked about making Thanos the protagonist of the film, they weren't lying in that regard. Where just because he's the villain opposing their heroes doesn't mean he can't be the protagonist or the driving force of the film. That's what I, I mean. That That's the comparison I was going to make as well is he's the promise that Ultron did not live up to. Yeah. Uh, with regards to marketing and how they talked about that villain and how that whole movie just kind of peters out and is more about just setting the stage for future MCU films. Whereas this is, as Doctor Strange says, this is the end game. And I think they absolutely delivered in that regard. Man, I would love to go on a rant about Ultron, but <laughs> another episode perhaps. Um, and another not so sober Jeremy perhaps. Yeah. Was there anything else about Thanos that really intrigued you and that really sold you on his character and the way Marvel portrayed him? I would just reference back to what you were just saying about uh, his messy relationship with Gamora. For example, when she fake kills him, how she instantly breaks down crying, which is probably a result of you know trauma over the years. But in her own way, she still has affection for him. But it's complicated. I think that's an element that these movies have been missing for a long time. But the best ones that we, the ones that we enjoy the most, um, whether it's Winter Soldier or whatever, those films are messy behind them, and that's what makes them so engaging and enriching, and what grounds our heroes in our minds uh, when you can tear back the glean and the glitz 
of superheroes, and especially uh, this huge fantasy epic, and actually have conflicted characters. And it goes to the whole thing with Thanos where I'm not saying I agree with him or I'm rooting for him, but in a way though, the way the story is designed, I kind of was, I kind of wanted to see him accomplish his goal because he's the only driving force in that film as it's constructed. They sold it as Infinity War. They sold it as Thanos is going to get the stones and he got it. And it's kind of refreshing that to see, not, not, not that I always want to see a dark movie, but it's refreshing to see like the villain isn't some incompetent asshole who doesn't kind of accomplish what he's trying to do. Well, it's, it's the difference between, and this probably isn't a fair comparison, but it's the difference between uh, Darren Cross in Ant-Man versus this, where that character is very much, we just need someone there to do a thing at the end. This very much Thanos is present throughout the whole film and is felt throughout the whole film. He has a very strong introduction. Like every great villain introduction, the two that come to mind, actually, going back to the Joker, um, is the Joker and Bane. In those introductions of those villains, with their plots and their schemes, you learn everything you need to know about the character, about those characters in terms of the way they're presented on screen, how they operate, how they're going to operate, their ruthlessness. Everything about them is on screen. And Thanos, when we first see him on board the Asgardian uh, refugee ship, to me, in that moment, that makes up for... The six years of buildup, where before we, he's been teased because I think even back then they didn't really know what to do with the character. They're like we don't want to fall into a trap of just having him be mean for the sake of being mean. But all that buildup was worked out in that opening scene with the characterization and the nuance that Josh Brolin's performance delivers. Another cool thing that I think you you might have even brought up last week too was the fact that Thanos is basically his own planet in this movie. Everything in this movie orbits around him and what he's trying to accomplish. Like you said, he's the driving force behind this movie. In that essence, it's just the heroes or the good guys reacting to what he's doing. So it'll be interesting for Avengers 4 if the script is flipped, where Thanos doesn't seem like he's going to be the driving force behind the fourth movie based on how you know Infinity War ended. So are the Avengers going to push forward and are they going to be the ones who drive the story forward and seek out Thanos and make sure that they're the ones being proactive with this force in the world. Right. I mean, that's the thing, too, that this film does really well. Not only making us excited for the next installment, but I'm, I am I want to see how they resolve Thanos. Because I, I like how they ended the film with his face uh, overlooking a, a grateful galaxy in his words when he told Doctor Strange on Titan. But I do, but I do also want to see. I mean, obviously, I want to see how they're going to put back the universe and and resolve this the mess this movie created. But I want to see his closure as well. I'm now like like you were saying, I'm conflicted because of course I want to see our heroes have their swan songs and triumphant endings, triumphant endings after ten plus years of doing this and doing it so well. But I care about Thanos. Once again, not saying I root for him entirely. But I'm completely captured by the performance and the uh, character that Josh Brolin created. To me, the, the character only works because of, jo- because of Josh Brolin. My biggest concern was, well, one of my biggest concerns for this film was, could anyone have done this role? And I don't think that's true. I think they definitely, the motion capture, the technology, the way it all came together. I was mentioning that opening scene. Another scene that really stuck out to me was a quieter moment with him and Gamora on his ship discussing... Uh, his rationale for what he does. The character works primarily because of Josh Brolin. He commits to that role and completely sells me on it, where he brings terror and menace, but also empathy and intrigue and sometimes funniness to the character. 
when Loki says, I have experience, and he, like, quips back, oh, if you count failure as experience. And it's still Josh Brolin's performance, but it's not buried behind a CGI monstrosity. A, a completely unfair uh, and overused comparison would be Steppenwolf and how that character was just a non-entity. This is the complete opposite of that in the best way possible. Thank you, Marvel. Um, also, for the record, every time we bring up a DC movie, we have to put a dollar in a jar. So by the time the year is over, we're going to have at least probably $52. So, Matt, our audience are millennials. They don't know what cash currency is. Oh, duh. To add on to your point, the other thing that you know I was really concerned about coming into this movie and with Thanos as the villain is until Ultron, I think, they hadn't cast Thanos. My concern coming into this was how can they cast someone who's going to be a one-off villain and have the same passion for the Marvel movies that all of these characters have had up until now? All these characters, from their actors, Chris Evans, Hemsworth, Downey Jr., They've all had three plus films, with the exception of a few like T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman. These other actors were heavily invested in this franchise for the last 10 years, some more recent. But but you get what I'm trying to say is that, you know, how could someone come in and deliver a performance that could match the care that these actors have put before that? And Josh Brolin nailed it. it he felt like he's been practicing for this for the last 10 years just to be Thanos. I do applaud his performance, and you're right. I don't know who else they could have gotten that would have been able to deliver such an interesting and encapsulating performance. Well, the, fu- the final thing I wanted to bring up, and this will not be the last time we talk about Thanos, but for this conversation, I just went, also want to mention, uh, looping back around to our original point, talking about his plan, Another thing this film did so well that I was really caught off guard by was him executing his plan and how uh, powerful that was. The comparison I I would use also is um, for Watchmen, where I actually like the Watchmen film. I think that was a really good, fun adaptation, uh, despite whatever problems you may have with Zack Snyder. But to me, the ending falls completely flat. Not because they, they changed it from the squid monster in the comic book to the Dr. Manhattan energy, that's fine. I understand adaptations and taking liberties. But the emotional impact at the end of that movie was just nothing. When you read the when you read that comic, uh, the bad guy tells the heroes, oh yeah, I actually did my plan in a half hour ago. I killed everyone half hour ago. And when you read that, that's the first time in a comic I'd ever read that. And it was completely jarring and I kind of felt sick to my stomach. Yeah. And to me, where Watchmen fails, Infinity War succeeded when Thanos, he kills half the universe, even with the knowledge in the back of my mind, that yes, I'm sure they'll find a way to fix this. In the moment, I I was the similar feeling, completely gut punched and kind of like, kind of wanted to vomit, to be honest. <laughs> like watching Black Panther, or no, even, just even like the first time you see Bucky fall apart and just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. To see him struggle throughout the whole movie. Because at, at the end, I was also going to mention... When Scarlet Witch is holding him back as she's trying to blow up the Mind Stone, I was in my mind like I, I kind of want to see him get the stone. Like I kind of want to see him succeed. Like I, I want to see what that's gonna look like. We also kind of knew that he was gonna use the Time Stone to reverse what just happened to Vision too. So there was like two conflicting thoughts here. It's like we we want to see him get the stone, 
but we also know that he's going to get the stone because he's going to reverse what Scarlet Witch did anyway. That also is a testament to this film, to his performance. And, uh, you know, I guess the word I've been looking for this entire time is empathy, where I don't agree with his plan, but I can empathize with how they built this character up and how even in one film, they don't have a lot of time to really go into his backstory, but they deliver all the necessary information you need to understand where he's coming from and his struggle. Because to me, he's he's a monster, but he's an interesting monster. Or like real life uh, villains. Not to not not to diminish the actual horrors inflicted upon humanity by real people. But I think this film does tap into that uh, for artist, artistic license in a good way. Or in a compelling way. Great. So Jeremy, any healthy distractions for the week? I'm going to go see Infinity War again. <laughs> Yeah. I can't I think, stop thinking about it. I think that's pretty much my healthy distraction, too. I'm definitely going to see it again this weekend. Uh, that's, that's... It's sad, but it's my reality. Well, you, we want to know your thoughts, what you thought about Thanos. So you can reach us at healthydistractionspodcast at gmail.com, facebook.com slash healthydistractions, Instagram at healthydistractions, and Twitter at health underscore distract. You can also listen to our episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us and start listening to us. As always, I've been Jeremy. I've been Matt. Later.